0: Reading tonight a very familiar pastor, passage of Scripture. You know it. You better know it. It's nothing new. But let me confess to you while I was praying here on Monday night, and uh, I always get right back in this little corner on prayer nights, and when I was praying, the Lord dropped this on me. It's not anything new. As a matter of a fact, Brother Tommy, if you'll put up that little picture that Toby took just before church that, my dear friends, is inscribed upon the front of this church. G.E. Chance had it put there. The first scripture is Acts 2.38. We all know that one. But the next one is where I'm going tonight. It is Romans chapter 12. Everybody say Romans chapter 12. Take your Bibles. Go with me there, Brother Tommy. You can follow it on the screen with the the Scriptures if you'd like. I just wanted everybody to know, this is the foundation of this church. This is what this church is built upon. Acts 2.38. Can anybody quote it? They quoted it at Brother Tenney's gravesite today. Because every funeral he preached of a preacher, he would walk up and say, I'm going to say what you would say for the last time. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody believe Acts 2.38? I believe that. I believe that. But Romans 12, watch this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now obviously my father loved that scripture, because he chose that to be inscribed on the front of this church. It will forever be there. Verse 2 said, Be not conformed to this world, but ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, are one body in Christ and every one members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. For the prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Our ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth, exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth With diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. That is a very powerful scripture. You may be seated. I want want to read it again in just a minute, or at least a couple of verses of it, from another translation. I'll be reading from uh, the Amplified, Brother Brother, uh, Tommy. And so we'll get that in just a moment. But let me say something to you. If you go back and you read the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans, what you will find is Paul... Explaining how God came to the Gentiles, the Gentiles rejected him. If you go back especially and read verse or chapter 11, I read it all again a couple of times today just to refresh my mind. But he says to them that Israel rejected, Israel failed, Israel turned back. And it was for your sake. It was so God could choose a bride, a church out of the Gentile world. And, and, and he says all of that and then he comes to, to chapter 12. And of course, you know, in the original writings, there were no chapters and verses. You understand that. So he's just writing, but he gets to this part and he says, and I want to read it in the Amplified. In verse 12, he begins like this. He said, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. He's finished. Talking about the mercies of God in chapter 11. He said to make a decisive dedication of your bodies. Presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. Holy, devoted, consecrated and well pleasing to God. Which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. I, I, want to, I want to preach from that tonight. I, I could preach the whole chapter of Romans chapter 12 because it is such a powerful thing. He goes, he goes on, and I may read some more of it in a, in a few minutes, but he says in verse 2, and I'll read just this one and stop. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, everybody say this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. So, Here's my subject tonight, and this is what God simply laid on my heart on Monday night during prayer, where He talked and said, I beseech you, brethren, to present your bodies as a, or by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. My question tonight to every one of us as a church, to our young people, to our children, to our young adults, to our old adults, to whoever it may be, my question is this, and this would be my text for the next few minutes tonight. Where, where is your sacrifice? I'm not here to bring indictment upon us tonight. I want us to understand some things about God. I was talking to the Lord today, and this this whole religious thing, this whole Christianity thing, demands sacrifice. From the very first person upon this earth there's had to be sacrifice. The, the the sacrifice that that God demanded in the old testament was of lambs and of bullocks and 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 goats and doves and things that were were brought in and sacrificed, living creatures that were killed and And they were brought in and blood was shed and blood was put on the altars and there were different sacrifices for different things and at different times. But the Bible is full of sacrificial giving. Giving of things. Now, now, I want you to understand some things and I'm going to try to explain it to the best of my ability tonight. But sacrifice is a part of Christianity. Do you agree with me tonight? That's why we have to sacrifice in fasting. That's why, and it's not in one area. Let me tell you, sacrifice has to be a part of our walk with God. And I want this generation especially to understand some things. You are setting among people that sacrifice greatly for this church to be here. You're You're setting among people, some of you younger folks, are setting among people... Some of the elders of this church that had literally given thousands and some hundreds of thousands of dollars to this church over many years. And not only did they give their money, they gave themselves. They gave their time. They gave their abilities. They gave their talent. Could I say to you on this Wednesday night, and I feel the anointing of the Spirit while I'm talking to you this evening... Could I say to you that if there is no sacrifice now and continually, the church will eventually, the body, this, this group, not the church, because the church will never die, but this church can easily die if there is no sacrifice. There has to be sacrifice of time and of talent and of money and of effort and of energy and of every part and every faculty of our bodies and our life. We have to give ourselves to God. You gotta drag yourself up sometimes. You gotta make yourself pray. Sometimes prayer is a sacrifice. Amen? It's not much sacrifice when you need something. But it's sacrifice when you don't feel like praying. When you know you need to pray, but you, you don't want to pray. It's sacrifice when you drag yourself up in the morning and spend time with God, or you stay late at night and spend time with God. You have to take time to do the things of God. I just come. Here's what Paul said. He said, "I beseech you, the the apostle, having finished the argument of this epistle, he said this. He proceeds now to close it with a practical application, showing." It's bearing on the duties of every Christian life and the practical influence of of what it ought to have on us. He said, I am beseeching you, none of the doctrines of the Gospel are designed to be barren and cold speculation. They're to bear on the heart and the lives of God's people. And the apostles called on those whom He wrote to. to to dedicate themselves and to give themselves without reserve to God Almighty. He is saying in this thing, he said, therefore, in other words, therefore, he's picking up where he left off in chapter 11 because he's talked about the mercies of God. So he says, therefore, as the effect of, of, of the result of the argument of what doctrine he's just given them. In other words, the whole argument. Of the eleven chapters that precede is suited to show the obligation on us to devote ourselves to God. And so he said, therefore, I beseech you, therefore. In other words, I want to remind you, I want to tell you, because of mercy, this is where we are. But this is what he said. By the mercies of God, the word here, by, denotes the reason for, or the ground of His appeal. He's appealing because of God's mercy. And He's saying, so great has been the mercy of God that it constitutes the reason that you ought to present your body back to God. His mercies are from everlasting to everlasting. Or right, is there anybody here that understands the power of the mercies of God in our life. I don't know where I'd be without the mercies of God. I don't know what I'd do without the mercies of God. I don't know where I'd go without the mercies of God. But Paul's saying, I'm beseeching you by the mercies of God. The things that God has already done for you. He said that word mercy denotes the, the favor shown to uh, unto the undeserving or the kindness or the compassion of God for things that we didn't merit and we didn't ask for and we didn't call for. But His mercies are new, the Bible said, every morning. So Paul said, because of mercy, because of the things that God has done, he said, I want you to present. I want you to present. I want you, the Word here, present. Commonly denotes the action of bringing and presenting an animal or another sacrifice before an altar. It implies that the action was a free and a voluntary offering. Now listen to me. Religion is free. And the act of devoting ourselves to God is one that is free for everybody. It doesn't cost you to be in the kingdom of God as far as money is concerned. But it costs you something. Now, I want to get out to where we live tonight. Now, your neighbor say, he's about to preach. You better get ready. I'm going to step on some toes here right now. And that's when you know you're doing good. He said, you've got to bring your body. And you got to present it to God. The bodies of animals and all the sacrifice of the old is not what he's talking about here. He's talking about presenting you. Presenting the very fiber of your body. He's talking about presenting your mind, your abilities, your, your your everything to God. When He says, present your bodies, I got to reading today. Your body, the Bible said, is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is where God dwells and God lives. Does anybody believe that? He's saying, I want you to bring that body. Now look, this doesn't mean that we say, okay, God, here's my hand, here's my feet. That's, no, no, no. I want you to get the connotation of what Paul is saying. He is saying here, present yourself entirely to God in such a manner that you make a sacrifice to God. He's got to dealing with me on Monday night in prayer. It just it just it hit me, and I've never I've never preached from it just this way. I've probably preached all around it, but but it dawned on me: we got a generation that don't know that sacrifice. I, I don't mean to pick on you, but now let me just tell you something: you you've been raised in the push-button world of cell phones and, and McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and it's a drive through. Give me what I want. Give it to me fast. Uh, everything's done quick. It's computer age. I understand all that. But let me tell you tonight that you have to give some things to God for God to give some things back to you. You have to present yourself to God in order for... He said He said, you have to take up a cross. I didn't say that. He said that. He said, if you want to follow me, you've got to get a cross. It's not just all games and all fun and all good times in the church. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to take up a cross. And you've got to follow Him every day of your life and present your body a living sacrifice unto God. Presenting ourselves to God. Okay, God, here you, you. I love you. I'm, I'm gonna serve you. Okay, really. I heard somebody say last night: leadership is mentioned nine times in the Bible, and 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 servanthood or servant is mentioned nine hundred times, over nine hundred times. Wow. What does that tell you? You can't be a leader until you're a servant. You better get ready. You can't be a good leader until you're a good follower. And to be a good leader, you got to present some things to God. You got to be willing to sacrifice. And I can point people out in this room. I know, I know. It is, it is, it is. And I'm not here to preach about money tonight. That's not. I'll probably mention it because God did. But, but that's not what it's all about. But let me tell you, it is a crying shame when the widow women of this church pay more than some of you big old healthy strappling men that go to work every day and you put your money everywhere but in the kingdom. I told you I was to preach. All you visitors, I'm sorry, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but this is it. The facts are, you've got to lay it all. When God baptizes us, I'm going to tell you, we ought to start demanding people take their bill full in the baptistry with them. And baptize their billfolds as well as their heart and their life and their soul and everything else. I'm just saying to you, we are living in a generation that has everything given to them. And 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 you've heard the terminology. I'm not saying this, <coughs> pardon me, about anybody in particular. But you've heard people say, oh, they were born with a gold spoon in their mouth. Anybody ever heard that? Oh, they've done everything they've ever wanted. Let me tell you, you appreciate it more when you have to sacrifice. You appreciate it more when you have to love and give and do and turn something with your hands and pray and fast and seek God. I've come to preach on a Wednesday night. Where is your sacrifice? What are you sacrificing for Jesus Christ? What are you giving Him? What are you laying on the line for Him? How much? time is yours and how much time is God's. How much money is yours and how much money is God's. How much ability is His and how much ability is somewhere else. I'm preaching to you tonight that if you don't present your body as a living sacrifice by the mercies of God, then you will never find the will of God for your life. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. So Paul's saying, it's you. It's yourself. It's not customary or proper to speak of a sacrifice as an offering of a soul or a spirit in the common language of the Jews. But, But now Paul is turning it around. He said, I'm not talking about bulls and goats and the heifers. and I'm not talking about all that. God wants you. He wants you. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. He doesn't want half of you. He wants every bit of you. He wants you to lay everything down for him. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When Jesus went to calling his disciples, ladies and gentlemen, they didn't say, I'll go with you on Tuesday, but Wednesday I'm fishing. Uh No. Somebody made an analogy the other day. And and, and talk we matter of fact we were talking in, the, in our youth committee meeting Sunday evening at six o'clock, and I thought this is pretty good. I don't even remember who said it, but somebody made the analogy of of a kid playing ball. You take your kid out to play ball. You don't you don't go into the first practice and say, Coach, come here and tell you something. Now my kid's a pitcher. And that's all he's going to do on his team. He ain't playing first or second or shortstop or left field or right field or center field or nothing else. He's a pitcher. And that's all he you don't do that. You don't go tell the coach what you're going to do. Amen? We're talking in our committee about everybody's hands-on. This is a team effort. This is God's church. Folks, if we ever get this vision, when we lay it all on the line for God, it's, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about who gets the glory. It's not about who's in the limelight. It's not about who's on the big screen. That's nothing to do with it. It's all about Him. It's about saving lost people. It's about helping people out of the mire of sin. It's about getting people to to come to Jesus and letting blood cover them and watch them change their lives. By the power of the Spirit. I'm preaching to somebody on this Wednesday night. Hear me and hear me well. You have to have a sacrifice to get what you need from God. And this church has to have it in order for God to bless what we're doing. Hallelujah. You can't set God on the back burner. Can I tell you what the Bible said? I'm going to quote him, Okay. I'm quoting God right now. He said, I am a jealous God. God said, I'm a jealous God. He said, you won't have anybody before me. Matter of fact, it's in the Ten Commandments, and it's not ten suggestions. It's ten commandments. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Isn't that right? Anybody still believe that? Uh, be careful now. You'll right off in and get your toe stepped on here. If you believe that, God takes center in your life. Nothing precedes God in your life. Nothing comes before God in your life. Your greatest dedication is to God. That doesn't mean that we're not active. And that don't mean that we don't do the things of life. Look, I like to fish. I like to hunt. I like to play ball. I, like, I did like to play ball. I'd, I'd hate to know I had to play ball now. But, but, but I, like, I like sports. I like outdoors. Uh, I hate malls. Just thought I'd throw that in. Hate shopping. Don't like that. But there's stuff I like. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all wrong with that. But let, let me tell you. None of that can be my God. None of that can be my priority. My priority is right here. My priority is right there. My priority is God. My priority are the things of God. Amen? I'm preaching tonight. Now, some of you ain't liking it, but I'm preaching. Because the facts are when you put anything before God, you have put God second. Anything. It can be your family, it can be your job. When folks come to Jesus in the, in the Bible, you know what? One man said, I got, I I, I got to go home. He said, no, no, no. He said, you let the dead bury the dead. You come go with me. You go with me. You got to get in line. Let's go. Amen. The facts are, Jesus said this. I'm talking from the word tonight. He said, when you come to me, listen, he said, you got to forsake houses and land, father and mother and sister and brother. You gotta leave whatever it takes to get to Jesus. That's pretty rough, isn't it? But that's what he said. I didn't say that. You know why? Because one man, when he asked him, he said, I, I can't go. I can't, I-, I married a wife. Well, do tell. Another one said, I bought a piece of property over here and I, I I'm occupied. I gotta take care of this property. It's time for, I don't know what all he said, but he said, I bought some land. And I gotta go see about land. You know what? Jesus said, I tell you what you do. You go to the highways and the byways and you find somebody that wants to come to this feast. You find somebody that wants to be involved in this church. And I'll tell you what God will do. If you don't put Him first, He'll move you out of the way and put somebody right in your place because He's going to have a church that loves Him and a church that sacrifices for Him and a church that wants to be with Him. Hallelujah. I'm preaching. I feel the Holy Ghost on sort a of Wednesday night. But I feel like God is saying to us, where is your sacrifice? Where is it? What have you left behind? What have you done without What have you put aside? You know, I I, I have people all the time. Well, you know, Pastor, I do that, but I don't have time. Are you telling me you don't have time for God? Wow. Thank you. I needed that. But the facts are. Well, you know I've heard everything. I've been I've been I've been doing this forty-seven years. Been pastoring forty-three years, and I've heard everything. I had a lady one time call me. That's true. You've heard it many times. I've told told about it. some of you hadn't, so I'll tell it again. He called me one time, not at this church, another church. Surely nobody here would do this. But she called me. And said, "Pastor, I'm not going to be able to make a church tonight." She said, "I've been in that mall all day. My feet's killing me." <laughs> what? Are you kidding? And then she said this. So help me, Ruthie. She said this. But God knows my heart. And I thought, oh, sister, you just slobbered a bibful. He sure does. She was justifying it all. I've been shopping all day. My feet hurt. What? Surely you wouldn't miss church for something like that. You know what? I'm just so tired. How tired are you, really? Somebody called you over for cake and coffee, you wouldn't be too tired. Somebody wanted, to, wanted you to run over and give you a $500 check across town, you wouldn't be too tired. Somebody called you and said, Hey, man, I got $500 over here. All you got to do is drive them over here 30 miles and get it. I'll tell you what you'd do you'd crank that car and you'd head out. you you suddenly lost your tiredness. You're being mean. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you folks, we've got to get it right. Listen, you young people, listen to me. You're not always in here on Wednesday nights, so I'm going to grill you real good while you're in here. But you've got to listen to me. You've got to learn at an early age that God is number one. Nothing precedes the church. Nothing goes before my walk with God. I'm going to give God my very best. The world can have second place. I'm giving God my very best. I'm giving God everything that I can because, look, salvation is not in the world. Salvation is in the Lord. Hallelujah. And when it's all said and done, here's what Jesus said. Yeah, man, i got a little time here. Here's what Jesus said. He said, don't lay up treasures on this earth. Jesus, in His teaching, said this. He said, you're going to lay up treasures here and moth and rust is going to corrupt and thieves are going to break through and steal. But He said, if you will lay up treasures in heaven, if you will lay up treasures over there, what I'm talking about tonight, here's what He said, no moth, no rust, no thieves. Nothing's going to take place of that. Brother, you talk about an investment that's going to pay heavenly dividends. You talk about something that's going to pay off in the long run. It's when we've given God our very best and we've put our hands to the plow and we've put our feet to work, we've put our money where it ought to be, we've put our heart in our worship... We give our talent to God. And we've done everything within our power. I want to tell you, it's going to pay off when you hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I want to preach to you on this Wednesday night. It will never come without sacrifice. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Lay yourself on an altar. I dare you. I dare you. We used to say when I was a kid, I hope, hope you don't think bad, but it, this used to be a big deal. I, when you really got down to it, i double-dog dare you. I dare you to go to prayer and mean it. Get down on your face, just you and God, and say, Now, God, I had not had you where you need to be in my life. But today, I'm going to straighten this out. Nothing takes precedent over you after this. Nothing is going to stand in my path. If I got talent, I'm giving it to you. If I, got, if whatever I got to do, God, you're number one in my life. Amen. You want me to preach on? I can. I can. The facts are, unsacrificial generation. They don't want to give up anything. They don't even want to give up a few minutes of their time. Too busy. Folks, when you're too busy for the church and too busy for God, when you're too busy to pray, when you're too busy to go to the house of God, when you're too busy to read your Bible, when you're too busy to do the things of God, you're too busy. You need to stop something. You need to stop and prioritize your life all over again. You know why people backslide? I'm going to tell you why. You know why people walk away from God and they go back out in the world when they've had a taste of this heavenly gift? You want to know why? Because they lose their priority. I'm going to guarantee you on this Wednesday night, I'm doing some good stuff here tonight whether you believe it or not. But I'm going to guarantee you, you get up every day and start your day with prayer. You start your day in the Word of God. You start your, you you get up every day and you determine in your mind this is the day that the Lord hath made. I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it. I'm gonna serve Him to the best of my ability. Today I'm walking with Jesus. Today I'm giving Him everything I have. Lord, here it is. It's all, let me tell you what happens when you do that. You can't walk away from Him and you can't let Him be back in line somewhere. He'll suddenly become the center of everything you are and everything you do. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this church tonight. I'm trying to behave on a Wednesday night, but when you get it right, you get it right, I'm telling you there's going to be something happen in your life. Hallelujah. You know why Olympic winners become Olympic winners? Because they give it all they got. Huh? Muhammad Ali was a great fighter. I'd rather see him fight than any man in history that I've ever seen fight. He was a dude now. Don't agree with all of everything about him, but he was a fighter. But what you didn't see about Muhammad Ali was the hours of jumping rope and the hours of shadow boxing and the hours and hours and hours in the ring. You see, he, he didn't become a great fighter by going to practice once a week. It was day in and day out and over and over and over. And we show up on Sunday morning and we think we've done God a big favor. Some of you ought to learn to say this. See you next Sunday, God, because you ain't talking to Him. You ain't, you ain't in touch with Him. You don't come to nothing else. You don't do nothing else. You don't want to do nothing else. It's just a show on Sunday morning to say, I went to church. Well, let me tell you something. There's a reckoning day coming, darling. I didn't mean to preach like all this tonight. I hope I don't run nobody off. But if I do, it's because I preach the truth. The facts are, to get there, it's a daily grind. It's a daily, daily thing. And Paul said, I die every day. I die daily. I'm going to do it every day. Because if I don't, I'm not going to be what I want to be. And what God wants me to be. He said, you've got to present your body a living sacrifice. And then he said in verse 2, I'm not even going to go there because I, I, the the, the, the other translation because I'll be here all night. I've got four minutes and I'll quit in four minutes. I promise you. Listen to me. Be not conformed to this world. And that scripture means to this age. Everybody say with me, this age. Don't be conformed to this age. What Paul said. What age? The age you're living in. You, you know, if we were conformed to our age, let me tell you what we'd be doing, okay? We'd all be promoting abortion. We'd all believe in same-sex marriage. Thank God for the Supreme Court. Hallelujah. Thank God a man can bake a cake in his bakery. And not have to worry about it or not bake it. If you don't like that, I'm sorry. That's, I, I love what they did this week. If you don't know, go study it. I ain't going to preach about it. But the facts are, if we were conformed to this world, we got a, we, we got a world that will take you and mold you. And, 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 and more drugs, more alcohol, more illicit sex, more pornography more degradation, more sin, more horrific things going on than in any time in the history of mankind. You can't let Hollywood or anybody else get you in their claws and say, this is the way you ought to think. This is the way you ought to live. This is the way you ought to walk. This is the way you ought to talk. I still believe men ought to be men. Women ought to be women. People ought to look godly. People ought to live honest. See, when they get you in their claws, they mold you the way they want to. That's why Paul said, hey, 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 be careful. When you present your body as a living sacrifice unto God, he said there's something else you need to do. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get a hold of God every day. Don't let the world manipulate you. Don't let the world tell you where to go and how to live and how to look and how to talk and how to walk. I'm telling you, we need to break away from that. Thank God for people." People who have enough gumption to stand up and say, I'm not going there. That's a place that I won't be a part of. That's something that I don't believe in. That's something that I'm not going to do. Don't let a college professor talk you into it. Don't let anybody run your life according to what they want. Let it be according to the Word of God. Woo! Come on, stand up with me. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I lost these notes 30 minutes ago. Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. I believe what I'm preaching tonight. That's what's wrong with the world. Everybody else is doing it so. That doesn't make it right. Well, so and so, they they claim to be a good Christian. Let me tell you something. You better get your direction out of here. Not from anybody else. This is it right here. And it says, present your body as a living sacrifice. Watch this. I don't have time to go there. I may continue this next time. Holy. Everybody say holy. Holy. Wow. And acceptable. You know, there's some things God don't accept. I didn't nearby get through preaching tonight. Let me just tell you. Holy. Holy. Holiness is of God. I still believe in holiness. I still believe your spirit has to be holy. And I believe when you get the Holy Spirit, you'll live a holy life. You'll dress right, talk right, go right, live right, spit right, do right. Amen. Holy and acceptable unto God. God rejected sacrifice in the Scriptures. There's time He said, no, I don't, that's, that's, No. You've got to be acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God is never without reason with us. Look at how He operates. Look at the plan of God. You work all week long, you get a paycheck, it's five hundred dollars. He says, Here, I'll give you four fifty, you just give me fifty. Pretty good stuff. That's reasonable, wouldn't you say? I said, preacher, why are you always talking about that? I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus talked about money more than he did heaven and more than he did about hell. Go check that out. You know why? People can't get over money. Well, tell every one of you young people, say, listen to me. You got a job, I don't make gifts. You're making $10, you give a dollar to God. Because next thing you know, you'll be making $20. And next thing you know, you'll be making $50. Because when you start giving to God, God's going to start giving it back to you. And if you don't, the Bible said you're putting money in your pocket. And it's like pockets with holes in them. It's getting out of there. And you're wondering now why you're making money and can't pay your bills. I'm going to tell you why. you got to pay your tithes.
1: I, I sure do love y'all.
0: Somebody said, you know, I I hear all this type of stuff. I'm just going to stay right here because I feel, I know when I'm doing good. I see people squirming, twitching, moving. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. I want to save you. I want to help you. Anybody here want to be prosperous in life? I'm trying to help you right now. You give to the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, I don't care what it is. You give your talent, God will bless your talent. You give your time, God will bless your time. You give your energy, God will give you more energy. You give your money, God will give you more money. Whatever you do, gonna bless it Because you're doing it for Him, not me. Well, I say, well, you just say that stuff because it benefits you. It don't benefit me. Could I tell you something tonight? For all of our guests, just close your ears right now. Could I tell you something tonight? David, if you came tonight, said, preacher... From now on, I'm giving $10,000 a week to this church. Don't you wish you could do that? I wish you could too. But if he said that and he had the money and that's what he said, guess what? It wouldn't profit. I wouldn't get one dime more than what I get right now. So it ain't profiting me. But if you're making that kind of money and God blesses you, guess who's going to be blessed? Not me, you and the church. Because that's the plan of God. Guess what? I don't know what I'd do. I'm going to step right off out of here. I don't know what I'd do without people like Donnie McManus. How long, Donnie, have you been mowing this yard out here? 27 years. Huh? 37 years. He comes every week and mows back here. He don't get a dime for it. Unless I feel every once in a while to give him a little offering. And I do that every once in a while. He takes time out of his day. He gets in his truck and drives over here. And if it's 100 degrees or 105 degrees, him and now Dove helps him. I don't, where you at, Dove? Is he here? He's, he's over here somewhere. What are you doing here? Back off over there. You got a fishing hole you ain't telling me about? Don't get out of here. I need to talk to you. But he helps him now. And guess what? The guy right here, Ronnie keep wave your hand right here, wave your hand. I want you come on Ronnie, wave your hand. I want you. To wave, I want you people to, to know who you are. We tell you something about Ronnie Cooper. he's a board member of this church, one of the most faithful men that you could ever pastor anywhere. I can't already talk about this without it getting me right here. Ronnie said, i will turn the lights off, preacher. I'll take care of this church. He checks this church. When you're all gone, he's here turning off lights and locking doors. You say, well, that's nothing. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You stay around try to get everybody out of here. See what time you get home. Now, some of you, when I say amen tonight, you're going to hit your head on that door trying to get out of here. And furthermore, he's in the hospital a, a, a time or two in the last couple of years. Because he had a heat stroke. He works back here behind this church and all over these grounds. You see those pretty flowers out there? That's him and his wife. You see those pretty flowers back here in front of the family center? That's that's, that's those people right there, Carolyn and Ronnie Cupid. I don't ask him to do it. I don't tell him to do it. I don't know one thing about flowers. But there's some folks that sacrifice around here. There's some folks that give their time. Greg, I love you, old buddy. You're not on this platform ever, Harley. And let me just tell you something. Greg, felt it's called the ministry, came to me, and I'll I tell this story. Wave your hand so you know everybody know who you're talking about right there. Greg pays his tithes, comes to church, loves God, works hard. ever service. ever service. He's here early. Not only him, he's got some other. Kevin Chapman, where you at? Kevin here. Not here tonight. Probably working. But Kevin, Greg, Jimmy Williams we got, we got others that they come and they go pick up people for church. And guess what? When you're over to mall or you're out at Piccadilly or wherever you are eating Sunday lunch, Greg's still running the van. He don't get back here till after everybody's gone. Right. David. Wave your hand right there, David. I'm talking about a working machine, whatever I need around here. David's a mechanic. I can say, David, one of the bands got so-and-so, he'll get it all fixed and takes care of it. I could go on and on and on. That's just physical things. But you know what? There's some people that are sacrificing. There's some of you that you can't name one thing in this church you do.
1: Come
0: on. I love y'all. Where's our sacrifice? It's easy to walk in here and enjoy the blessings of God on a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night. Music's awesome. Some of you don't sing because you don't want to take time to practice. You don't have time for all that. You've got talent. Let me tell you, God can take your vocal cords. I'm going to close before I get in trouble. Where's your sacrifice? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, everybody say good, an acceptable, say it with me, an acceptable and perfect will of God. Lord, you didn't give me that to preach for nothing. You laid that on my heart here Monday night in prayer. And I've delivered my soul to this congregation tonight. And I'm asking you, Lord, to not let these words fall on hollow hearts. Let it fall, God, where it needs to fall. And condemn us and convict us and move us and help us. Let us see ourselves in the mirror of the Word. Let us know, God, that we are sometimes failures and we need help. And we want to be a sacrifice Lord, to you. We want to give our best to you, God. We want to give our very best to you. I pray the prayer of faith over this church that it would happen. Every young person, every old person, every middle age, whoever it is, God, that you would baptize us with fresh burden and desire and zeal, that we would do the work of God. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said, amen. Come back Sunday, and I may preach it again. I just, it's burning me up. Come back Sunday. I love you. Visitors, thank you for coming. I don't get to shake your hand. I thank you for being here. God, richly, richly bless you.